athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. You're locked into the show where sports and entertainment meet. Box to row, I'm your host, Donald Ware. Got a good one for you today, as a matter of fact. A lot going on in the world of sports. You have the retirement of Eli Manning. I'm going to talk a lot about that a little bit later on in the program. Whether, I mean, I listen, is there, is the debate really if Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer? And I guess some people can make the argument. You look at the record, uh, 117 and 117, although I think it's a team game. The quarterback gets too much credit for a win. Uh, and uh, and and too much uh, blame for a loss, but I mean I think you can you can make the argument, but I think I think I'm, I'm going to tell you why. I mean I think that when you have two Super Bowl victories, the manner in which they won the Super Bowls, they defeated meaning the Giants, uh, the elite team of our I mean over the last um, you know almost 20 years in the Patriots. One season when the Patriots were undefeated and he had the, the one of the biggest plays, meaning Eli Manning in Super Bowl history. I mean, listen, I mean, it's it's a lot to be said for that. Um, I'm going to talk a lot about that today on the program. Um, joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row, if you ever watched the TV series Nashville one of the one of the uh, young ladies that had a recurring role in Nashville, and then you may have also seen her during the holiday season in a couple of different Christmas movies. As a matter of fact, uh, one of those movies was Holiday Heist. Um, you know, she's she's been seen on the Hallmark movie um, channels and all of those great uh, type of things. Chaley Rose. Chaley Rose is going to join us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row in 2020. Promises to be a big year for her. Again, uh, most notably known for her role in Nashville going back uh, some years now. Chaley Rose is going to join us today here on the program. Thank you for joining us here on HR Voices Sirius XM Channel 141. And again, this is the program where sports and entertainment meet. Had a great show uh, on last week, just a phenomenal show. Um, Paola Nunez of Bad Boys for Life joined us on the program. Will Downing joined us on the program. Rach, R&B singer, joined us on the program. So we had um, a great time. And as a matter of fact, if you missed last week's show, log on to our website, BoxToRow.com, BoxToRow.com, and we have the podcast, as a matter of fact, uh, from that show, or the show is actually downloadable, so you can download um, the show at BoxToRow.com. You know, I, I want to talk a little bit about, and we've, we've got the Academy Awards that are coming up on February the 9th, and, um, you know, from time to time, and, and not really from time to time, I mean, really often I'm invited to uh, to go out and, and, and preview certain films and uh, so forth. And I've, I've actually seen a lot of film, films uh, more recently. As a matter of fact, this week I had a chance to see the premiere of The Gentleman, which I think is a, an absolutely uh, phenomenal film. A lot of times we don't talk a lot. You know, uh, we we want to we want to talk about the films, the projects on this program with the principles involved in those projects. And it's hard for us, hard for us to have uh, to talk about the various projects if we're not going to have guests that are going to uh, uh, come on and talk about them, whether the 
whether the publicists makes those guests available, whether the studio makes those guests uh, available. But, you know, we got the Oscars that are coming up and just want to kind of run through um, sort of the the best picture, best actor, best actress, uh, all of those kind of good things today uh, on the program. So uh, for best picture, uh, a couple of nominees and um, you got Ford v. Ferrari, Ford v. Ferrari. I hadn't had a chance to see that. I wonder. I mean, I, I, I hadn't really heard much about it, hadn't had a chance um, to see it. I mean, you're talking about, you know, Matt Damon, Christian Bale. I mean, it probably was a really, really good movie. Um, one of the uh, other pictures that's up for nomination for best picture is The Irishman. Now, I was at the theater, right, watching the premiere of The Irishman and um, you know, I, I generally movies are like, you know, maybe like an hour and 40 minutes, you know, sometimes two hours. This movie was three hours. So I, and, and and it's on Netflix. It's actually available on Netflix. It came out as a premiere before it became available on Netflix. And I think it may have been shown in a limited availability in theaters. But the Irishman was absolutely outstanding. But my point is, I only saw the first two hours of this film. Like, I didn't see the last hour of this film. So I'm going to, you know, when I get a little bit of time, like, you know, just so busy doing a lot of different things. But I'm going to sit back and uh, watch the film from its entirety, the entire three hours. Like, I got to be able to find three hours. Like, during the course of a week, it's hard for me to find three hours. I mean, I probably, I probably could find three hours, but... Generally, during uh, what would amount to three hours, I'm generally just kind of relaxing, maybe after church on a Sunday. Generally, on Saturday, I may have some kind of uh, basketball game or, or or we're running the, the, uh, the children around to all of the various activities that they have. So sort of hard to find um, a, 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 a three hour window. But I got to find a three hour window to watch The Irishman, which, uh, you know, the first two hours were pretty good. Jojo Rabbit hadn't seen that. Uh, Joker, I, you know, I, I, I've heard I've heard mixed reviews actually on Joker, but it's up for uh, for best film. Uh, Little Women, which has come out a little bit more recently. I haven't heard a whole lot about Little Women uh, Marriage Story. I heard that was really, really good. Um, 1917. Now, I had a chance to see 1917 and it was to a, a to a certain degree. A maybe a World War One version of Saving Private Ryan in a in a respect. I mean, I don't want to compare the two. It's a tough comparison because for me, Saving Private Ryan was absolutely outstanding. I enjoyed 1917, though. I enjoyed 1917. Um, so I'm going to give 1917 its props and it is up for best picture. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is up for best picture as well. I wanted to see that like I had a chance. Uh, to go see it, but I think I may have been out of town or something like that, so didn't have a chance to go see that. And the movie Parasite is the other film that is up for the Academy Award for Best Picture. I'm going to tell you, I mean, I liked, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't really know all of the criteria. I mean, I don't know, you know, how, how do you determine, you know, what's the best film? Obviously, it's by a vote of, of people in the academy uh, and so on and so forth, um, you know. But anyway, I mean that those are the um, the films, the uh, nine films, as a matter of fact, that are up for best picture. When you're looking at actor in a leading role, Antonio Banderas in Pain and Glory hadn't heard uh, much about that film. Leonard uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in Once. Uh, upon a time in Hollywood, which I heard was a really good film. And again, I, I want to be able to go see that as well. Adam Driver in Marriage Story talked about Marriage Story, thought it was I uh, heard it was a good film. Uh, Joe Quinn Phoenix in Joker. He played the Joker. Uh, again, mixed reviews from what I've heard with respect to that film. And then Jonathan Price in the two popes. Uh, again, I hadn't heard any. I've heard of the film, but hadn't heard much about the film. The two popes, uh, Cynthia uh, Arrivo in Harriet. Like, I, I don't I don't know. I just didn't have a chance to see. Haven't had a chance 
um, to see Harriet. Uh, but I heard Cynthia Revo's part was uh, she played a, a phenomenal role in playing Harriet. Um, and she is big time. Like she is big time's got a, a series coming out on HBO. As a matter of fact, upcoming um, that I, that I heard is going to be pretty good as well. Uh, Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story. Again, I heard Marriage Story uh, is very, very good. I l- happen to like Scarlett Johansson. Um, you know, I thought like I, I know a lot of people going back to maybe 2015 um, or 2014. The film Lucy came out. I don't know if you remember that film, but I I enjoy I thought, it, you know, I didn't I don't know if I thought it was a great film, but I, I enjoyed the film and I enjoyed Scarlett Johansson in that film. Saoirse Ronan. And Little Women, uh, also up for Best Actress, uh, Charlize Theron in Bombshell and Renee Zellweger in Judy. In terms of Best Actor in a Supporting Role, and again, we're going through the nominations for the Academy Awards, Academy Awards taking place on February the 9th. Tom Hanks, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Anthony Hopkins, The Two Popes, Al Pacino in The Irishman. I thought Al Pacino was absolutely phenomenal, as was Joe Pecci in The Irishman as well. I mean, so one of those two stands a very good chance of winning. But I don't know. I mean, I've heard I've heard very good things about all of uh, the films and the roles uh, that Tom Hanks, Anthony Hopkins, Al Pacino, Joe Pecci. And then, of course, the final nominee is Brad Pitt for his role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when you're talking about best actress in a supporting role Kathy Bates in Richard Jewell uh, Laura Dern in Marriage Story Scarlett Johansson in Jojo Rabbit big year really big year for Scarlett Johansson she's been nominated for best actress and best actress in a supporting role Florence Pugh in Little Women and Margot Robbie in Bombshell so Bombshell's got uh, quite a bit Uh, of buzz quite a bit of play uh, as well so you know when you're talking about the main categories those um, are your main categories Um, you you have when you look at directing which is a big category as well you have Martin uh, Scorsese who you know has been a phenomenal director for so many years for the Irishman Todd Phillips for Joker Sam Mendes for 1917, Sam Mendes has done a tremendous job. All of these actors, Qu- uh, Quentin Tarantino, you look talk about Quentin Tarantino. I mean, my goodness, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And then uh, also for Parasite, which I heard was pretty good, uh, Bog Joon Ho uh, is uh, the final nominee for director, uh, for best director in a motion picture. So, uh, listen, those are the nominees for the Academy Awards taking place on February the 9th. And I, I'm going to be interested to see. I mean, I realize there are not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of color. Um, there's not a lot of uh, black actors or black actresses uh, that have been nominated uh, this year, uh, other than in the category of for best actress. And, uh, in, in, in of course, you have uh, um, uh, in that category for Harriet, you have Cynthia Arrivo in that category, uh, but it's I tell you what, it's better in terms of the nominees than it's been in years past the last couple of years. Still to come here on Box to Row, we're going to be joined by actress Chaley hey. Rose. Oh. Hi, this is Jill Scott. And you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware on Sirius XM Channel 141. The way you got my whole life flipping. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. Welcome back to Box to Row, the show where sports and entertainment meet. 
A programming note here on HR Voices Series XM Channel 141, uh, where we're here every Saturday, 7 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Central Time, and 4 a.m. Pacific Time. Uh, for those that are used to listening to our hardcore sports show from the press box to press row, you can listen to that show on our sister station, Sirius XM Channel 142, Sirius XM Channel 142. Uh, 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time. We're going to switch things up uh, things up a little bit on this program. Uh, so pretty much each and every week, it's going to be the show where we talk sports uh, and entertainment for our hardcore sports show. Uh, tune into our sister station, Sirius XM Channel 142, each and every Saturday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time. So... Um, uh, again, still to come on the program, actress Chaley Rose, as a matter of fact, going to join us in this segment. Also, we're going to I'm going to talk and give you my thoughts on Eli, uh, ex, yeah, Eli Manning, Eli Manning and uh, whether or not he's a Hall of Famer or more so why he is a Hall of Famer. If you had a chance to watch the conference championship games on last week, I mean, I don't I don't think. Either game was much of a surprise, at least from my standpoint. Like I thought, you know, I thought coming in, like when I looked at the 49ers and really looked at them play throughout the course of the season, I realized that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo may have taken a little bit of slack. And by the way, uh, from a sports perspective, I mean, you know, obviously we love pro sports on this um, program, but I mean, we're all about, you know, small schools, all about HBCUs. Jimmy Garoppolo played in the OVC. He played in the same conference that Tennessee State plays in. So we're all about Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, and what he's doing with the San Francisco 49ers. I think he took a lot of slack or a lot of flack, that is, because um, maybe he wasn't leading San Francisco to victories per se. But I thought Jimmy, I mean, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a better than solid quarterback. I mean, San Francisco has a really good running game. And the defense is absolutely stellar. I mean, the pressure that that 49er defense put on Aaron Rodgers, like they made Aaron Rodgers look like an average player. And I'm going to talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers, maybe a little bit later on with respect um, to Eli Manning. But, I mean, they made Aaron Rodgers look like average. And I realize the Packers put up some points in the second half, made a little bit uh, of a run, but... I mean, the, the 49ers had pretty much, I mean, pretty much was were on cruise control um, at that point. Um, that defense as a whole has been tremendous all year. And how about Kyle Shanahan, the offensive coordinator? He didn't make the same mistake as he made going back to the big game when the Falcons, when he was the offensive coordinator, the head coach, I'm, I'm sorry, the head coach for the 49ers. He didn't make the same mistake that he made as an offensive coordinator with the Falcons. Didn't run the football. He found a nice balance. As a matter of fact, I thought the running game, uh, and, and I think not only did I think the running game was good for the 49ers, I think the running game, uh, uh, not only did I think that the, the running game for the 49ers was good last week, I think it is good. And that 49ers running game is really good. You couple that with the receivers that they have. Uh, Sanders and so forth. You couple that with the way that Jimmy Garoppolo is playing. That's a pretty good football team. Um, no surprise there to me. Um, and when you look on the other side, um, uh, the Titans, I just think, I mean, I just thought the Titans were going to be overwhelmed um, in that football game. Um, the Chiefs definitely were the better team. I realized that the Titans got out to an early lead. But, I mean, when you have the offense that the Chiefs have, um, Patrick Mahomes is, I mean, he's just great. I mean, the running game is solid. That offensive line is really good. You know, you're talking about a good tight end as well. Um, and, you know, I mean, listen, you know, it, 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 when you talk about Andy Reid, he's been there before. He's got caught a lot of criticism. Um, he's going back to the Super Bowl. He's got Eric Bieniemy, who, by the way, should have had a head coaching job um, as his offensive coordinator. And I mean, that's just a good team. The big game uh, it promises to be uh, a really good game. Uh, you know, I'm not going to give any predictions. We don't really get into all of this Super Bowl stuff uh, and all of that. But I mean, 
um, you know, it just promises to be a really, really good football game. And, you know, I, I, I thought the 49ers did a tremendous job um, uh, and, and, and knew um, that they would handle the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, not only did they dominate Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers isn't the Aaron Rodgers that we see. It wasn't the Aaron Rodgers in that game, at least in the first half, that we had seen uh, in years past. Still uh, promises to be a big-time big game. Okay, as we switch gears and continue here on Box to Row, you've seen my next guest. As a matter of fact, if you know if you if you watch the Christmas movies, you know that come on the Hallmark Channel and so forth. She was in a starred in a Christmas duet, starred in Holiday Heist back in, of course, this past year in 2019. And also, you may also remember her from the TV series nashville she is chaley rose she joins us here on from the press box to press row chaley welcome to the program thank you for having me hi uh, glad to have you you know you had a busy uh 2019 and more specifically the latter half as far as christmas is concerned so you know talk a little bit let's start with a christmas duet and uh, your role uh in that yeah um a christmas duet was a hallmark christmas movie in that, I play the owner of a nice little cozy inn in Vermont whose <laughs> uh, former musical partner slash lover stumbles back into her life by way of the inn. And, of course, he gets snowed in. And we rekindle our musical love affair. Yeah, no question about it. And then, you know, the the holiday heist talk a little bit. Uh, about that and I mean I guess it's great you you kept like I said you kept really busy towards the latter part of 2019 I did it was it was a good year for me uh, especially Christmas wise <laughs> um, Holiday Heist is was a, a BET Christmas movie um, I think they did four this year um, and in that I I am a business owner as well I own a jewelry store and um a man comes into the store. His plan is to steal from us, but he ends up working there and kind of building a a respect for me and for my family. And ultimately, it, you know, I think we end up, I don't think I know, we end up falling in love. <laughs> uh, there's a lot going on in that one. Um, both Both were very fun. Yeah, you know, I think I, I didn't, like, I caught both a little bit, unfortunately, I caught a little bit of both of them, uh, but how how did, like, did you have to try out for these parts? Were you recommended? How did they sort of come about? Um, I was actually offered both. Nice. Which is, uh, which is very cool. Yeah. As an actor. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, that. so that, uh, they both kind of fell into my lap. It's a little shocking when that happens because when you audition for something, you start to emotionally prepare. You start to think of what you're going to pack in your luggage. And these come out of nowhere and you're off. You're gone for a month. You're working. It's fun. Yeah. Talk a little bit more about that. That's interesting when you have to sort of audition and you have to uh, sort of really prepare yourself. Can you Can you talk about maybe some of the parts that you've auditioned for, some of the roles in various films or TV series that you auditioned for, maybe that you, you know, maybe a little bit disappointed that you didn't get ultimately? Um, I feel like I've auditioned for every show on television. <laughs> um, and it's always, it's always disappointing. You do kind of learn to um, separate yourself from it in a way and stop looking at each job that you don't get as a loss because that's not really how it works. It is kind of a numbers game and you have to earn your spot in a lot of ways. I did audition for something recently. I don't know if I'm allowed to say. I didn't get it. Um, that what that was really disappointing. It was just something I wanted to be a part of. I love sci-fi. Okay. And I love anything based off of uh, like a video game. Um, so I think without fully giving you the details, because I do think I had to sign an NDA for that, there was a show that they're creating based off of a very popular video game. It's going to be so cool. Uh, shoots in Budapest. I did not get that. Oh. I'm not bitter about it. Okay. Maybe yeah. A little bit. 
Yeah, and I guess that, yeah, but you know, I guess that's that's sort of how it goes, uh, you know, sometime because you're gonna get a lot more roles. And can you kind of kind of kind of really speak to that and really this sort of uh, uh, Hollywood deal? And you know, sometimes you're just not gonna be able to get the roles that you really want. But even in that, sometimes uh, those things and that disappointment can ultimately make you stronger and better. Well, absolutely. I think that, um, you know, when I first started working, I got really lucky when I booked Nashville. I was very green, and I hadn't been in L.A. all that long. And I came back. I did 28 episodes of that show, and when I got written off and came back to L.A., I, you know, I I had to get humbled. I came back thinking that, oh, I've made it, and that is not how this works. And I had, you know, I think it's a really valuable lesson if you're willing to put your ego aside, sit down, and accept that part of this game for a lot of people is going in again and again and again, and you can either, I mean, I went through a whole funk that lasted like a year where with each job, I got more desperate and felt more knocked down with each one I didn't get. And at a certain point, you do have to make a shift where it's like, no, I'm getting close. One of these is about to be my job. I, I Now I feel like I've earned it. I've done the work. I've gone a long time without working. I've auditioned for everything. I'm in class. I'm coaching. I'm, I'm like, I, I understand now that I'm paying dues. And I'm going to pay them fully. Yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> no, no question about it. Uh, hold the line for me one second, Chaley. We're talking with Chaley Rose, actress Chaley Rose, here on Box to Row. We're going to pick up the conversation after this small pause for the cause. This is Box to Row. Continuing the conversation with actor Chaley Rose here on From the Press Box to Press Row. You'll know her as she played the role of Zoe Dalton in Nashville as she joins us here on Box to Row. And further to your point, Chaley, I think it's interesting because you're doing Nashville, right? And you do seasons two and three. But you also uh, had a and you did an episode of anger management like I know I mean if you're doing Nashville right and then you're doing anger man like I, I'm not a big anger management fan but I know it's a big show I know you you had to feel like man I got this I'm getting ready things are getting ready to really take off for me it's funny because the anger management job actually is a one-line job I did this jack-in-the-box commercial it was funny it's everyone should look it up. We got <laughs> nugged Jack in the Box, the 60 second version, because it was an improv commercial, and I was super green, and I just thought I, I just didn't know to be intimidated by the process of auditioning. I I just didn't know what how big the field was, and so I did this commercial, and I get a call from this guy. He's like, "Hi, my name is Taylor Estevez. My uncle is Charlie Sheen." He saw your commercial and he liked it and he, you know, he wants to bring you in for something on anger management. And I thought this guy was lying. Um, he was like, also, please take your number off of IMDb. I didn't have an agent <laughs> at that time. And so it really did, really it turned out to be true. And um, I got one line on anger management. It was my first time being on a set, let alone a set. There was a multi-cam with Charlie Sheen. He's amazing. Yep. Um and then I did Nashville after that, and I did kind of think, that here I go, <laughs> it's about to, about to be it. It was not the case. Yeah, yeah, and I guess it goes like that. But I mean, to the, I, mean, I think you, I think you bring up an, a, a great point because, um, to the point, maybe, maybe humbled you a little bit, but you're still practicing your craft, even as a matter of fact. After this interview, a little bit later on, you're gonna be, you're, you're still taking. And I, I'm sure a lot of actors do, and I don't. I don't know that. Maybe they don't. But you're still taking acting classes currently. Absolutely, it's like saying that you want to be the best sprinter in the Olympics, but being like, I'm already fast. I'm not going to practice. It's a muscle, and I know. I know where I want to go, 
and I know that I have work to do and I just actually I love it I love I fall down on my face every week in class I mess up in class and it's just it's like going to the gym yeah, and it, it, no, no question about it. So then, uh, uh, Code Black. Did you think something was going to come out from Code Black? I, I, you played a couple of episodes there. Um, I was actually supposed to have a, a longer arc um, that was on the table for Code Black, and that just that storyline just died after two episodes. That was a that was another disappointment. But there there are a lot of those, and they're really important lessons to learn um along the way because that's just how this business works it's you can you know walk in the room and book a movie and become a movie star or the next you know get written off of a show when you think you're going to be there for a while but just another one of those things that just makes you a little tougher if you're if you're willing to look at it from the right perspective no certainly how did um your mother prepare you uh, you know, she is, she's a reporter, I, I believe. Uh, so yeah, how my did, mom, yeah, go ahead. No, she's a journalist, but she's a journalism teacher. She's at, she teaches at, um, Emerson in Boston. Nice. One of the best. She's, she's good at what she does. Mm-hmm. One of the best journalism schools, if not the best at the moment. Nice. So how did yeah. like, she, because you know, we're doing this interview and you're spot on. How 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 did you know? Talk about the influence that she has or had and has on you. You know, my mom was over forty when she got her first job on air in Indianapolis. When my I was in high school, my parents got divorced, and my mom she had a degree in journalism. And when they got divorced, she was like, "I'm gonna go get my master's." So she drove from Columbus to Bloomington to Indiana University and was taking classes and coming home. And then she decided to shoot her own resume tape. My brother and I (laughs) helped her with that. In hindsight, it was really bad. (laughs) But, you know, she didn't know the difference. She did, but she was just starting from where she was and just started – knocking knocking on doors at the stations in Indianapolis. And they were like, this is not how this works. But what I learned from that, one, is it's never too late. If you're willing to do the work, you can make it happen for yourself. And there is no, I mean, people can say to you, that's not how this works. This isn't the way into this business. There is no right way when you are trying to do something like this. It's just, Try all of the ways because people are going to tell you no repeatedly until they don't. And so my mom knocked down doors and just worked really hard and started working on air in Indianapolis. She's worked on CNN and C-SPAN, and now she's teaching, which she's excellent at. Um, so I think I, I got it all from my mom, really. Yeah. Now, do you do you prefer actor or actress, or what's the proper term, actually? I mean, either it's I always say actor. I never in my life have I ever said actress. I don't know why people correct me, which that that annoys me. Okay. Um, if someone said, "I think you mean actress," I'm like, no, I said what I meant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> either way is fine. I would be offended if you referred to me as an actress because it's accurate. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, no, we'll we'll stick we'll stick with actor because uh, we'll we'll stick with actor here. Okay. Um. So, but but with that, when did you realize uh, that you in fact wanted to get into this business as an actor? I always wanted to. When I was young, my mom let me, my parents let me have free reign of the camera, and my friends would come over and we would do we would imitate SNL sketches or do stop motion magic tricks or like a dance routines or a radio show that we filmed with guests calling in. I was always performing in some way. And really my mom didn't, my parents didn't really want me to be an actor. I'm from small town, Indiana. and So are they. And so the idea of this, it is a, it can be a scary business, a hard business. And so they didn't encourage it, but they didn't really 
they weren't very good at discouraging it because they did a lot of, you know, I did a lot of performing and they encouraged that. And I ultimately found my way here. Awesome. Chaley Rose joins us here on the program. And of course you can follow her on Twitter and uh, on Instagram also at Chaley Rose. So, you know, I, I, I saw on, um, on, I think it was on Twitter. Uh, now I think the greatest, uh, that I've ever seen the greatest war picture of all time, saving Private Ryan. More recently, I like Fury. I know you talked about 1917, which I had a mm. chance to go see, which was abs. It was phenomenal. Like it was really, really good. You know, it really is. yeah. Your your thoughts on on 1917? Um, Sam Mendes is one of my favorite directors. Anyway, but one, I think everyone should go see it in the theater. It is visually unbelievable i had twice this year the joker in 1917 where i just had to sit when the movie was over i mean part of that is probably just that i'm an actor and i love the movies i love storytelling um but i went to see each of those by myself which is my new favorite way to see movies it feels a little more immersive but 1917 they shoot it like one shot you never cut back to what what's happening on you know where they were at the base where they just left you and when you realize we don't get to look back at all there's this it kind of drives the movie in a different way it gives you this different kind of you're part of it with them it's amazing it's visually absolutely unbelievable and the acting is fantastic. I love the big names that pop in for one scene. Um, and then at the end of it, you realize you just watched maybe 12 hours of a person's day, but you've been through so much. Brilliant. Brilliant movie. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was very, very good. Um, so what's what's ahead for you? What's, what's, what's going on with you? What's up with you for 2020? Um, I have... I am in season five of Lucifer, playing Destiny Page, if anyone watches Lucifer. Sure. And I am in a CW seed series called Kappa Kappa Die. That's the new name right now. Very very funny um, kind of campy horror sorority show. Um, and from there, actually, with my two Christmas movie paychecks i recorded two songs i've just kind of decided that i'm going to use my money from work to pay for recording music so that i own everything Hmm. um and i haven't released anything yet i might get a couple songs under my belt and release them one at a time or maybe as an ep but that that is more just for myself and for the love of songwriting and, and um singing yeah, because you, you did a couple of pieces for Nashville, right? I sang a lot on Nashville. I sang in um, a Christmas duet. I did a TV One movie where I sang in that quite a bit. I love getting to sing in my acting job. Yeah, w- which TV One movie did you do? It's called Dinner for Two. I did it with Mac Wilde. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> see that I didn't. I didn't. Tristan. Yes, yes, Tristan Wiles, who we've yeah. had on the program going back maybe I don't know five years or so. But that's the thing. Like I didn't see that movie in the yeah. research that I was doing. I must not have been doing very good research then because that. I, <laughs> yeah, that and because that wasn't terribly long ago. No, that was two thousand seventeen. Yeah, yeah, maybe. something like that. Yeah, Mac is great. Yeah. So, so what's your dream? What's your dream role? What, what's the role um, that uh, that that Chaley Rose wants to tackle? And uh, you know, what, what's that dream role for you? It's hard to nail down one thing. I mean, I do love science fiction. I love sci-fi fantasy. I love The Matrix. One of my favorite movies. And I love Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. So something in that world that's completely fantastical i love i love that i mean i do kind of want to wear the lycra and do stunts and wield a a weapon of some sort or maybe be an alien i don't know (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. Um, All right. But I mean, I've seen like the Joker in 1917, the movie, the marriage story. There's some great, great dramatic stuff this year, and I love that too. Yeah. So now, are you are you into sports? You know, I used to be an athlete. I don't really watch sports unless it's the Olympics. I will. Like, I, I like to go to a game, but I don't know who's playing in the Super Bowl. <laughs> will I go to a Super Bowl party and eat snacks? I absolutely will. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to. <laughs> so, so you said you were an athlete, so what was your sport? I was a gymnast. Okay. And I ran track. I did the 100, 300 hurdles, and I was a high jumper. Oh, wow. And I was a cheerleader. I did UCA cheer. All of that? Yeah, I was a three-sport athlete in high school. Yeah. So, did, so I still uh, like now I like to box. Do you? Um, okay. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I don't spar. I'm not trying to get hit in the face, but I do love <laughs> <laughs> a good, um, I train with this guy, Peter Lee Thomas, who it just kicks your butt. It just feels so good to hit stuff, though. All right, we're wrapping things up with Chaley Rose on the other side. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. Continuing our conversation with Chaley Rose, actor Chaley Rose here on From the Press Box to Press Row. And I know on the other side, Chaley, you were talking about boxing. And so would you... Uh, with respect to boxing, uh, I know you don't really watch it per se, but you're into it. So would you watch the heavyweight championship match that's coming up between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder on February 20th? Yeah, I watched that. I remember going to a bar once and realizing that they weren't playing any music because the UFC fight was on. And I was, I was surprised by how, uh, how much I actually liked watching the fight. It, it's makes me cringe a little bit but it's also really fun to watch right so now were you did you have the ability to parlay that three sport athlete deal into a an athletic scholarship would you have had were you that good i guess is is what Um, i'm asking i almost i had to choose between cheerleading and doing other things because i wanted to sing and i sang in a few groups the iso review Ladies First, which is an acapella group, and a group called Sojourner, which was a gospel, six-woman gospel group. Or was it four? Anyway, um, it was... I had <laughs> it was that long ago, there. huh? It was that long ago, huh? No, it was not that long ago. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I was... But cheer was one of the things that I would have done, but I think I made the right choice. Oh, yeah. It's no question. Uh, absolutely no question about that. Well, of course, you can follow her uh, on Instagram and on Twitter at Chaley Rose. She's got some big things coming up in 2020. Again, she is Chaley Rose. She joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Chaley, this was a lot of fun. Appreciate the time. Continued yeah. success in all you do. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good conversation with Chaley Rose here on Box to Row, and I hope you learned a little bit more about her. Now I want to switch gears once again. I want to talk about Eli Manning and why Eli Manning should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. When I think about Eli Manning and, you know, obviously he was drafted back in 2004. He was the number one overall pick. That was a great quarterback class because also Philip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger all were in that class. I'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later on. Uh, likening it to the class of 1983, John Elway, Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, uh, all all Hall of Famers, obviously, and all should be particularly uh, John Elway and Dan Marino, like no-brainers in terms of being in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, and Jim Kelly right there, too. No question about it. You take a team to a Super Bowl four times. I mean, and and he was a great quarterback during his time. Had a chance, obviously, to see Eli Manning play, and I think that's part of it. Like, when you look at some of these guys, and, and I look at the list that of, of players that are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and I look, and, and talking about quarterbacks, you know, more specifically, like, I wouldn't know about Bob Greasy or 
Norm Van Brocklin. I mean, from what I've read about Y.A. Tittle, from what I've read about them and just knowing the history of the National Football League, I mean, those are guys that are definitely should be in the Hall of Fame. You look at Kenny Stabler. I mean, he just got in a little bit more recently that for whatever reason he wasn't uh, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I mean, I look at Bob Greasy. I didn't have a chance to see Bob Greasy play Sonny Jurgensen, but when I – you know, again, read and research. I mean, those are guys that definitely should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Terry Bradshaw, he won four Super Bowls, should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So I look at some Lynn Dawson, you know, Kansas City Chiefs, all of that. So you look at that. I mean, those are guys that you that immediately come to mind. Definitely should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, even though I didn't have a chance to see them play. I saw guys like Dan Marino, Joe Montana was absolutely phenomenal. Look at all of the Super Bowl wins. And generally speaking, you're going to look at a lot of these guys and a lot of the quarterbacks that are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and most of them are going to have either Super Bowl or championship on their resume in terms of wins. Joe Montana, I mean, even Joe Namath. You look at Joe Namath's numbers, ah, not great, but... What Joe Namath did was he, you know, by him making that prediction that the Jets would win the Super Bowl over the mighty, powerful Baltimore Colts led by Johnny Unitas. Of course, Johnny Unitas should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. No doubt. Again, another quarterback that I hadn't didn't see play. But, you you know, you just know that Johnny Unitas should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You look at the numbers of Joe Namath. Not great, but I mean, at the end of the day, he did something. He he did something bigger than um, by making that prediction, and then the Jets going out and handling their business. He that game essentially created the merger with the then AFL and NFL. That was an important game that he went he won went out and won. And, you know, understanding not only that, that he was a good quarterback. Again, numbers aside, and that's why I think you have to put numbers aside sometime. But let me give you the most important numbers to me. The most important numbers to me when I look at Eli Manning and his career. And by the way, Peyton Manning definitely, I mean, you know, I mean, come on. Peyton Manning, you know, Tom Brady. Like I mentioned earlier, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, come on, like like those guys are first ballot Hall of Famers. No question about it. By the way, had a chance to see Warren Moon play. I mean, and, and, Warren, and unfortunately, with respect to Warren Moon, didn't get his true due because the stigma against black quarterbacks when Warren Moon was playing was so great that Warren Moon had to go to the CFL proved what he could do in the CFL, came to the NFL, and had a Hall of Fame career. And I think when you combine, see, it's not the National Football League uh, Hall of Fame. It's the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And the CFL is professional football. And you look at the numbers that Warren Moon put up in the CFL and what not only the numbers, but what he was able to do in the CFL, combine that with, I mean, there's no doubt Warren Moon should be a Pro Football Hall of Famer. But getting back, this is this is my deal with Eli Manning. I mean, you can talk to me about the record 117, 117. You can talk about the numbers. You can talk about all of that kind of stuff. I'm going to give you, th these are the reasons, the true reasons why Peyton Manning should be in the pro football hall of fame. Again, not a first ballot guy. You look at that 2007 New York giants team. Okay. Uh, I believe it was a, not, it was a wild card team and I believe it was a six seed had to win four games all on the road, and then in the big game went up against the mighty and undefeated New England Patriots in that football game. Like New England was getting ready to make history. And I get it. You know, you can look at that game specifically. The defense was Michael Strahan and all of those guys were absolutely tremendous. But you want to talk about numbers? Let me give you some numbers. In that particular season, okay, 854 yards passing, six touchdowns to one interception just within that season. And not only that, but the big throw that he made and the big catch that uh, the, 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 just it'll go down. It's like one of the greatest moments in the history of the Super Bowl. OK, so for those reasons, 
Um, you know, that's one of the reasons. Then I look at the 2011 season again, going up against the Patriots in the Super Bowl in 2012. Look at the numbers. 1,219 yards passing. Okay. Nine touchdowns to one interception in another Super Bowl win and another huge play plays in the Big game. I, you can talk to me all day about. And, and and by the way, he was good. He, he he was an Iron Man when he played. He was good. He helped to lead those Giants teams to divisional titles, uh, to playoffs. I mean, in those 16 years, uh, the Giants were in the playoffs six of those years. And remember, he started out kind of slow. He didn't, you know, that that first year. I mean, he he took over uh, the reins for sort of like what's happening to Manning now. Manning did the same thing uh, to Kurt Warner uh, when Kurt Warner was an old, was an older player. They thought he was done. He really wasn't done, but it was Eli Manning's time. So when I look at that, and you could talk to me about the numbers all day, I look at what he was able to do over the time frame of the 16 years as an Iron Man, as a guy that won divisional championships, as a guy that helped to lead his team. Um, that to help to lead his team to the playoffs. And then you talk about the two Super Bowl victories. Now you take one of those Super Bowl victories out of the equation. And I would say probably the one in 2008, because it was so dramatic, then maybe not. Certainly if you take, if you take both Super Bowls away, then Peyton Manning is definitely not a hall of famer. But you take one of those Super Bowls away, and most notably the one in 2008, because just so much drama behind that one, then he probably is not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But I look at the totality of his career, saw him play as a Skins fan, saw him play at least twice a year, if not more. The guy was, was, is a Pro Football Hall of Famer. Let's compare him with even the quarterbacks in his draft class. Uh, you look at Ben Roethlisberger. So Ben Roethlisberger has won two Super Bowls. The first, uh, he was just sort of on the team. The defense led that that team. It was under Bill Cower. He was, I don't know, first, second year player. And, you know, he, he really wasn't, he wasn't bad, but he really wasn't that good. He was sort of getting his feet wet, if you will, had some good weapons. And that was a tremendous defense when that Pittsburgh Steelers team won the Super Bowl the first time around. The second time around in 2009, that was uh, that was in part because of Ben Roethlisberger. And I look at, you know, I look at what Ben Roethlisberger has been able to do over the course of his career. I definitely would have Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, to me, it's no, it, you know, if you want to bring up the debate about Eli Manning, that's fine. To me, it's no debate about Roethlisberger being in the Pro Football Hall of Fame when his playing days are all said and done. Uh, again, in that draft class, I look at Phillip Rivers. Man, I don't know. I mean, I look at the numbers, great numbers. Uh, no Super Bowl, not only no Super Bowl victories, but no Super Bowl appearances. I don't think that should define you. A Super Bowl win shouldn't necessarily define you uh, as a quarterback, but it certainly helps you. And that, of course, in the case, in my opinion, of Manning. But wow, I mean, he's got a lot of good numbers. You know, not a whole lot of playoff appearances, some really good teams. Uh, he, he's done some good things. I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm on the fence about Phillip Rivers in terms of should is he a pro football Hall of Famer? I'm on the fence, but it's no doubt in my mind that Eli Manning is. And then, of course, Roethlisberger would be as well. Those three quarterbacks from that draft class. Your thoughts. Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two R-O-W. Got to run. Thank you to Chaley Rose for joining us today here on Box to Row. Don't forget, in an hour, from the press box to press row airing on Sirius XM Channel 142. And always remember to support those that support you. From the press box to press row is presented by DW Communications. Love began to rock. Give the system love and pride.